Welcome to Expanded Universe, Season 4, Episode 7, The Divine Secrets of the Dark Side Sisterhood. The book, The Courtship of Princess Leia, by Dave Wolverton. The year, 1995, I think. Chapters 13 and 14, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. Hi, I'm the Herbs and Spices Kid. Take it down a notch, Han. If you leave Starbucks there, he's going to eat that millennial goose. Yeah. Hey, bees, hey, bees, hey, bees. Yo, baby, boop, bitches, I got it. <laughs> Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast featuring your hosts, Jeff and John. I'm Jeff. That's John. Yeah. You're one host, Jeff and John. I am Jeff and John. And then right over here is the other host. And what's your name, sir? I'm John and Jeff. Ah, that won't be confusing at all. Indeed not. And we sound nothing alike. <laughs> nothing alike whatsoever. No, indeed. Nothing. <laughs> We're definitely not two of the same white guy. <laughs> just the same white guy. Yeah, just one produced about three years later. Ah. What? Ah, you're old. I'm. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm old. I'm used to it. Uh, I'm only going to get older from here. And <laughs> so are you. It'll happen to you. Oh, he had dinner with a friend of ours the other day, and he actually told me my beard is all gray now. And I was like, I know. Uh, it's sad, but uh, it's just I'm going to be turning into an old dad. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah, it's true. Can I stay funny? Only sort of. Only to five-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> only time will tell. Knock, knock, John. Who's there? Europe. You're a poo. No, you're a poo. No, you're a poo. <laughs> jokes. Dad jokes. These dad jokes. Uh, so uh, this is going to be chapters 13 and 14 of Dave Wolverton's The Courtship of Princess Leia. Uh, man, I uh, I was going to say, I, I, I hate this book for the courtship reasons. Yes, for the courtship reasons in general and for Han in particular but and for Leia in particular. But these two chapters are probably the highlight of the book for me so far, Yeah, this especially is, in relation to each other. This is that good classic Dave Wolverton I was looking for, because remember, we actually really liked his chapter of the, uh, the Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina, because he wrote Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina. He wrote the uh, the chapter about the Ithorian, Moma Nadon. Yeah, he wrote about that filthy floppy dick. Yeah, that big detachable flop dick that just danced about in the sand, Yep, capered and, and flipped like a, like a fish pulled up from the ocean. <laughs> Getting ever sandier with each flippy flap. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but th in this case, this is actually some fun world building. There's some scary villains. It's not just, you know, coercion kidnapping. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a, it's a sudden tonal shift to good book. It's, it's hard to evaluate. Like how, can, we can't be too nice to this chapter, right? Because it's still a book about how Han kidnaps his girlfriend until she marries him. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can't be nice to the book, but we can be nice to the chapter. I guess that's what we're going to have to do. So chapter 13 starts with Isolder straight up in freefall and about to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. His, his, uh, well, the his whole thing is he's like, okay, I can't try and land my craft because if I... Like, start up my thrusters at all, then Zinja's people are going to notice me. Yeah. And I can't even eject until I'm, like, dangerously close. Because Zinja's people will notice you. And as he's falling, he can also see Luke's X-Wing falling, or Luke's borrowed X-Wing falling. Yeah. I'm almost certain, John, I'm almost 100% certain that the reason that the Luke doesn't take his own X-Wing is because Lucasfilm or whatever shut him down. When he was like, oh, uh, we we found we see here in Chapter 12 that you have Luke crash the X-Wing. He can't crash the X-Wing. You have to give him a different one to crash. Look, 
his X-Wing is fine. Just have a different one there. Just put another X-Wing on the ship and have him crash that, because that X-Wing is too important to crash. Like, I remember it was a huge deal when someone got permission to kill Chewbacca. Yeah. So the uh, this is probably just another example of that. Like, oh, nope, that's too changey. Kill a different X-Wing. Yeah, it's it's just so weird, though, to think like, oh, yeah, yeah here in this Hapen battlecruiser, we had one standby X-Wing for you? Well, that's, I mean, that's what I meant by this has to be an edict thing, because it definitely came down after the book was done. Like, he turned in his manuscript and was like, all right, I am sticking to this. This is a good book. And they're like, you can't destroy the X-Wing. Okay, I guess there's another X-Wing there. That'll be acceptable. Thank you. Good. May I have my check? <laughs> that's that's the only way that makes any sense. But anyway, he's crashing a X-Wing. A X-Wing. An X-Wing. A X-Wing. And uh, Isolder in Freefall can see as R2-D2, who is not part privy to any of these dumb plans to evade the, uh, the gaze of Warlord Zinj, bails the shit out. Yeah, I was, I was wondering about that because I'm like, oh, R2 just bails out and immediately parachutes and Isolder doesn't go, oh, that dumb droid's going to fuck us over. No, no one cares about the droid. Uh, presumably some Zinj guy is like, look, sir, droids. And they're like, no one cares about droids. Stop quoting the movies. They're like, <laughs> oh, should I should I shoot at it? Oh, there's no life signs. Yeah, no, that's that's not the droids we're looking for. Yeah, quit quoting the movie. Stop it. Look, we, we get it. We watched the movie. <laughs> we put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. That's a different character. You can't, no. You know what? Stop it. Stop it. Stormtrooper, who quotes other Stormtroopers, and now Boba Fett. And now Boba Fett. <laughs> so, all right. So, he does every, it really seems like Isolder has all the pieces in place for his ship, the Storm, for this exact situation, because he's like, okay, well, I've got the reflective blanket pulled over myself, so I'm definitely invisible to heat signatures. At a certain point, I'll pull this thing so that the, the canopy flies off, and then I'll use my low-altitude parachute instead of my high-altitude parachute so that I can uh, fall safely to the ground. Yeah. He's got a little survival kit and everything. Yeah, he really, It really seems like the storm is very equipped to go through this exact situation. Storm, by the way, is not an X-wing. As it turns out, it's a, it's a, uh, it's whatever the fuck Hapens use. It's a Hapen ship. They use their own. It looks exactly like the like a uh, high res version of the ship from Tempest, like you know the video game Tempest. No, I don't. Oh, you don't know Tempest is a great video game. You should try it. It's like a rhythm based shooter. For, like, oh, okay. It's very old. I mean, it literally debuted on the Atari Jaguar. I'm pretty sure. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, he jumps out of his his storm. He spends most of his time lamenting that the storm is probably going to be unrecoverable. Yeah. Oh, my cool ship that is mine, and specifically my ship that's cool. My very toyetic ship that makes me a cool dude that they might make an action figure of. Yeah. Uh, he says to himself as he falls. But unfortunately, after he jumps, oh, horror of horrors, his parachute don't work. There's nothing in there but silverware and an anvil. <laughs> yeah, it pulls on the, the first string. Nothing happens. Pulls on the second string. Nothing happens. Well, looks like his soldier's gonna be a stain on this planet. Holds up a little tiny sign that says, Well, fuck me, I guess. That just has a tiny little umbrella. Uh -huh, gets him and points it down. Ooh. <laughs> no. So he's he's in free fall and he's definitely gonna die, but then all of a sudden, Luke just floats past him. Just sort of Well, no, what happens is he's like, Oh, I'm floating. Oh, that's I'm weird. Not I'm not falling. There as must fast. be some repulsor lift thing happening. Yeah. And then, no, there isn't. It's just Luke doing everything all at once with his cool force powers. Yeah. it's He falls, and he's like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm just being lowered to the ground. Also, my ship's being lowered to the ground? And then when he finally gets on the ground, he looks up, and fucking Luke Skywalker is legs folded, arms crossed, just like, 
oh, floating yeah, he, down to the ground. Yeah, he's doing like some sort of Zen pose thing where he's he's like monk flying down to the ground. I love that this chapter, the whole thing is from a soldier's point of view. Yes. And Luke Skywalker becomes a ridiculous space wizard in this. No, he's straight up a Jedi Master, and it's really fun to watch someone else evaluate a Jedi Master from a distance. Yeah, because uh, instead of just being like, ah, oh, and Luke walked around and he was like, I, I don't think this person likes me very much. The Force is kind of telling me they're a dick. Like, you get little bits of Force stuff, but in this, Luke is straight up just like, hey, what up? I'm a superhero. I've got crazy telekinetic powers, and I'm just floating to the ground like it's nothing. Yeah, and then when he explains it, it's all in these little quick toss-offs. So once he lands, he soldier runs up to him, and he's like, how did you do that? I saw you die. Oh, no, uh, Jedi Force Trance. I just put lowered my body temperature and turned Look, off my heart rate. any Jedi can yeah. do this. That's just step one for Jedi. And he's like, how are you doing this? The Force is ever my ally. Look, the Force is in everything, and uh, I'm, I'm its ally. So, you know, just that. Everything's fine, my dude. And is Solder is straight losing his shit yeah, and i love it he's very gobsmacked he's, he's like this, this is this motherfucker just straight up carried me and my plane and him and he has like didn't break a sweat he's completely cool about it i had always thought jedi were like weird cool guys before but holy fuck this dude yeah so okay Luke puts him on the ground safely. The w the one weird thing is that Luke didn't use any of his Jedi powers for R2. R2 just no, parachutes R2 off just, into the distance. Yeah, R2 lands like a kilometer away, and he's like, eh, we'll get him later. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's R2. Who gives a shit? Yeah. So Luke immediately sets out for, you know, whatever destination. He, he is pretty sure he knows where Leia is, so he's going to start heading towards that crash site. Uh, and so he just grabs all of his gear, makes a plan to go get R2 first, and just is like, all right, man, let's go. And he's older's like, what are you talking about? We can't just, just go. It's like, like uh, how do you even know? Like, they could be anywhere on this planet. He's like, no, nah, they're they're like 10 kilometers that way. It's like 100. Yeah, they're like 120 kilometers this way. We got to go that way. Uh, uh, R2 is like 10 kilometers this way as well. So let's get started. We got to go get R2. And he's like, why are we getting your droid? Yeah, don't question me. Hey, hey, who is the Jedi? <laughs> yeah. Who is Jedi? So the whole chapter is just Luke doing cool Jedi shit, and Isolde just sort of puppy-dogging along behind him, being like, what? No way. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. I mean, the when they're going to leave, like, Isolde is just going like, oh, man, this is, this is crazy. I don't know what's happening. And Luke straight up just, like, mind fucks him. Mm -hmm. He, like, goes full kooky dukes and is just, like, wandering, circling around him, being like, Tell me. Tell me why you are here. Tell me your secrets. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the part where he's like talking to him. He's like, because basically he just picks apart all of Isolder's nonsense. Because he's like, he's like, uh, okay, why are you here, Isolder? Oh, I'm here because uh, I, I have to find uh, Leia and take her back. Mm, okay, but but uh, do you serve your mother in all ways? Of course I do. I'm a soldier for my mother in the Hapen Empire. I serve her in every way possible. Oh, yeah. but that was that's not true, because if you did, you would not be here. And you would have just had Han Solo killed a long time ago. I feel like you've got your own total agenda that you're doing, and you're just discounting that. Oh, yeah, and he, like, is doing ridiculous psychoanalysis thing. He's like, hey, who did you lose? Yeah, that's the best part, where he's like, you're not mad at Han Solo. Who are you really mad about? Hey, man, who took something from you? Who hurt you? Who hurt you, Isolder? <laughs> and Isolder just, like, starts sobbing into him, and he's like, it's not your fault, Isolder. Don't you it's do not this. your fault. Don't you do this, man. <laughs> it's not your fault, Isolder. Shut up, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, just full goodwill hunting on Isolder in this scene, and it is amazing, because Isolder... 
was impressed by the magic, but then just emotionally is destroyed. Yeah, because he's like, all right, so we learned these following things about Isolder. He had an older brother who he loved very dearly. Yeah, and uh, he was killed by Captain Haravan. Yeah, Captain Haradan or Haravan or something like that. Car- yeah, Haravan. Haravan. Uh, but he spends his, the rest of his life dedicating, or a lot of his life, dedicated to tracking down this Haravan guy and taking him out. Yeah, and he straight kills this dude, shoots him in the face, mm-hmm. and Luke's like, nah, man, you're still holding on to that. You've still got that, that darkness inside you. But don't worry. I'm here to turn you to the light side. And he's like, I'm not even a Force user. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, oh, you are. You just don't know it yet. Look, everyone is part of the Force, and you have come to me in order to gain the path to the light side. Mm-hmm. And Isolder is just like, what is happening to my universe? Yeah, it's kind of fun to watch Isolder just get broken down here. Oh, yeah. Isolder, at the end of this conversation where Luke just goes inside of his brain and is like, I, I know all of the reasons you do everything and all the pain that you have. You need to follow me and me- be my disciple. And Isolder is just like, my entire worldview has just been rocked. Yes. Everything that I think has been questioned. And my favorite thing here is that Isolder can't hold this. He can't just be like, yes, I do want to be your disciple. He, <laughs> by the end of this chapter, he'll crack and, and he'll be like, I, I need to find a weakness in this weird argument that I seem to be falling for. Well, even before they leave, uh, he like, uh, Luke goes, hey man, are you ready to follow me? And he's like, I understand that he's not just saying like, do you want to chase after me to go find stuff? Like, are you willing to follow me to the light side? And he goes to a ship, and as he does, he starts rationalizing things, and he's like, nah, nah, man, you're good. You don't you don't need to worry about this. This guy's just, he's just some fucking dude. He's some crazy Jedi man. It's fine. It's fine. And then, like, in the back of his mind, he's like, that dude just flew. What is your deal? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's not even a real Jedi. Jedi's a dumb myth. Yeah, you saw him fly. He <laughs> flew you, too. Like, come on, man, don't do this. Yeah. But he is, like clinging as tenaciously as he possibly can to, to the powder idea. toast man's buttocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is clinging tenaciously to his buttocks mm-hmm. and then flying. Yeah, exactly. Just like Powdered Toast Man intended. Uh-huh. Follow in the path of Powdered Toast Man, Please, John. are you going to be Powdered Toast Man's disciple? <laughs> okay. So, they go on their walk. And, of course, it's basically just a bunch of descriptions about how Luke is amazing at everything now. Oh, like, yeah. Well, Luke is just Jediing around. It's like, oh, we came to a crevice, and he just, like jumped down boing, while boing, I had to boing. climb. Yeah. And then he gets R2, and R2 is extremely hard to maneuver on this territory, but it's fine, because Jedi. Well, yeah, he's like, oh, he finds some path that R2 can take. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, we gotta go around this way so R2 can roll around with us. And then they stop for the night in some crevice on in, in a hillside somewhere, a and looks like... L- Looks like, hey man, you should uh, you should drink a bunch of water and eat what rations you have and try and get some sleep. Anyway, I'm gonna have two sips of water and go instantly into a Jedi trance. Goodbye. Oh yeah, like they get to this crevice and Isolder is just like fucking sweaty, panting, <laughs> and Luke is just sitting there like, hey guys, that was a fun walk. Ooh, one bead of sweat. Anyway, sip, sip. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, Isolder's that wolf from the Sword in the Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Gold. <laughs> and then Merlin and, and uh, young Arthur just go off the other way. Yeah. It is it is amazing to just... And again, it is there so Isolder can be like, what the shit? This dude is 
straight magic. Yes. Like, I do not understand what is happening here. So, as they bed down for the night, all of a sudden, a big old earthquake happens. But it feels directional. They can kind of tell where the earthquake is coming from. Yeah. And, you know, the first thing he sold her is like, earthquake? And Luke has to, because he's the big Jedi hero, has to be like, no, not an earthquake. Something else. No. And I like that R2 just doesn't do anything except for right now, beepity boops. He's like, hey, warning. Beep boop. Yeah. Sh- shaking. Mm-hmm. I have two lines in this entire two chapters that we've read. Uh, I was beep check- boop. I just checked out his. He's the other. He's the person on the other end of Chewbacca's phone. Yeah. He's. <laughs> he is sitting there playing like fucking words with friends <laughs> with, with Chewbacca. Chewbacca. <laughs> he's like, hey, uh, beepity boop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to take the O and beepity boop and make it the O and roar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is 100% what is happening. Chewbacca and R2 from different places on the planet are just playing words with friends in binary and Wookiee at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, not in Orabesh. Oh, no, 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 oh, no. goodness, no. No, it's, <laughs> it's the binary language of moisture evaporators and whatever the primary language of Kashyyyk is called. Kashyyykian? Kashikan? Kashikas. Wookie? Wookie. Probably just Wookie. Probably just Wookie. Yeah, it's probably Esperanto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so the earthquake turns out, as Luke, of course, predicted, not to be an earthquake, but a stampede of sorts. A giant daily migration of huge blue lizard things. Yeah, I mean, when they finally describe them, it's basically like a blue... It's the T-Rex that's slightly smaller than a, like, T-Rex would be. Well, yeah, which just means it's like a blue Allosaurus then. I mean, there's there's so many theropods, John. We could just do this all day. Yeah, but it's, like, what is this? Uh, a fairly decent, like, not huge, but a decently sized, uh, running on two legs with two little arms in front. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because they're herbivores. Except they've got teeth like spades. Which is perfectly fine for herbivores. That, that's a big, flat, broad tooth. It's perfect for chopping through tough vegetation. It's it's just weird that they've got the theropod body plan, but then again, everything on this planet does. Everything's weird on this planet. Yeah, everything's two-legged. So these well, blue... two legs, bad. Yeah, yeah, four, four legs, legs good. good. Yeah, four legs, good, obviously. But two legs, bad. Oh, yeah, well, and, you know, some four legs uh, more equal than other ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, the nice thing about the two legs, even if though, though it is bad, is that it can hold a gun. And as we've all established, the gun is good. Oh, well, the gun is good. Yeah. The penis, though. The penis is bad. The penis, obviously bad. Obviously. Obviously. Okay. So, I mean, it led to Han. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. That's any... Well, I mean, I think that was the entire point of the Ithorian story originally, was that the penis was bad, which is why he shot it off of himself. (laughs) That is correct. (laughs) I thought it was just attachable. He actually shot it loose. Oh, no. It shoots shoots off off of him. It's like... He didn't shoot it off. Take a gun and blast his own dick off and be like... (laughs) Be like, I am sorry, the trees. I promise to grow two additional dicks in its place. Oh, yeah. Where one dick falls, two will grow back. <laughs> Such is the code of the forest, Ithorians. Hail, Dick Hydra. <laughs> Hi there, Dick Hydra. Hi, I'm Dick Hydra. Hail, here. Dick Hydra. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling pretty healthy. Thanks for asking. I am uh, Hail, Dick Hydra. I am Hail. I'm Hardy and Hail, Dick Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any plans against Captain America. I think he's a great guy, he's honestly. He's a great guy. I love yeah. that cat. No, I'm just third generation Hydra. <laughs> uh. I mean, my uncle took it super seriously, but not me. I'm a I'm part of the new soft face of Hydra. Oh, yeah. I'm the new gentle Hydra. <laughs> Exfoliating and cleansing. Wait, is this soap or a guy? I'm, Wait, I'm, man, I'm, hold I'm, on. I'm, what, I'm, what is this bit? What are we doing right now? <laughs> 
So these I, uh, these blue iguanas dance their way over the scene. Uh, uh, blue iguana dawns, I guess. Uh, go charging past, except for one of them who lands in the crevasse they're standing in and just sort of looks at them. And for a brief second, it's menacing, and this literally gives us a chance to sort of look at the thing. It's, you know, like a huge blue T-Rex with lots of loose, flappy skin because that's a function of rancors as well. Oh, yeah, and they're just... Like, I think this one is one of the older ones. It's why he falls in the crevice, because this is the, she's, like, older and oh. is the last one there. Oh, so she's the one who might be devoured by wolves in a second. Yeah. By space wolves. Oh, no, space wolves. Oh, no, they're going to come here and quote Viking nonsense at her. Oh, God damn it, space wolves. <laughs> Riding in their stupid little Santa boat. And all of them with rocket launchers, you assholes. Ah, space wolves, pass. <laughs> Hard pass on space wolves. <laughs> so... Luke, of course, because he's the big bad Jedi in this book, and it's just amazing how much of this is... It, it, this guy really wanted to write Luke as a straight-up Jedi Master and really explore what that means. Yeah, this chapter is just Luke does everything that is cool about being a Jedi. Yeah. So he basically just goes, oh, no, relax, I got this, and walks up with, like, a canteen full of water and pours it into his hands, and it's like, hey, giant T-Rex lizard monster, have all this water. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, what's hey, up? We're friends. And then he puts his hand on it and thinks for a second and is like, "Okay, I've got this all figured out." They are called the blue. They call themselves the Blue Desert People, which is just a weird thing for them to call themselves. Well, given that it means that they have a concept of what blue is, besides the fact that it's just what color they are. Yeah. So you think they just call themselves the people, like everyone does? Like, oh, every, yeah, like ninety percent of people's uh, or uh, various nationality languages, their name for themselves is just the folks or the people. Yeah, but no, they are the Blue Desert people. Mm-hmm. So great. So they're the Blue Desert people, and every day uh, in the early morning they charge from the desert into the hills, and every night they charge from the hills into the desert. Yep, uh, and uh, they are willing to carry the group uh, of uh, Isolder and Luke and R2 as far as they charge into the the forest tomorrow morning, the same as they always do. They're willing to do that. Yeah, because Luke's like, look, me and this uh, this big blue weird thing, mm-hmm. we're cool now. We're buds. We're best of buds. And of course, Isolder has to do the standard Harry Potter is the main character of a story thing and be like, what? You can talk to the animals? Walk, talk with the animals? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yes, that's me. Rex Harrison, how you doing? I'm going to talk sing my way through this entire 50s movie. Uh, but, you know, Isolde's like, what are they? Are they intelligent? And unfortunately, Luke goes, not much more than other animals, which suggests that they are a little bit. Well, you know, he's like, eh, I mean, not really more than anybody else. Yeah, if he had just been like, eh, is about as much as your average whatever. Like, but instead you're like, oh, so these things are like caveman smart, maybe, because he's, well, I mean, like, not much more, but a little. Smarter than those little, like, womp rats. Smarter than the average bear. It's true, smarter than the average bear. Yeah. Not smarter than the smartest bear, though. <laughs> Yogi is smarter than the smartest bear. <laughs> Actually, I think it's just Ranger Rick who is. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, but uh, Isolder's like, wait, these guys are willing to carry us into the mountains and you can talk to them? Yeah, they just call themselves the Blue Desert People and they do this every day and they don't really worry about why. Uh, what? It, it, you see... The force is within them, just like it's within me and you, and so I can kind of reach out via the force and talk to them, and I can make allies with them because I'm not their enemy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, tomorrow morning, we're going to ride this guy in. And he's like, but you gave it all our water. Well, yeah, it's going to carry us 80 kilometers for free. Also, who gives a shit? We'll get more. This is more. They're taking us past the desert. Yeah. This this amount of water was useless to us in terms of making an 80K hike, but it's perfectly functional when given to this guy, uh, this lady, so that she'll give us a big ride. Yeah. 
So, indeed, the next morning, they all climb aboard cool blue lizards. Indeed, they all get... Uh, well, I think Isolder gets one, and then Luke takes R2 into a different one. Yeah, because R2 is going to be pretty tr- tough to balance otherwise. Yeah. I'm amazed he doesn't just put it into the put R2 into the tiny hands of one of them or something. Here, you, carry my R2. <laughs> carry this thing for me. Well, they apparently run by just sort of going oh, they completely do like a- flat. Yeah, they, they kind of ape run, so they're probably using their hands for a little bit of extra balance. Yeah. Anyway, they go charging across the blasted desert, and Isolder's like, damn, this is super precarious, until it starts running, and then he's like, oh. Oh, it flattens out. Now this is super comfortable. This is very stable. This is quite easy. I like this. And so they go running across on their their lizard mounts, and right as they reach the forest, this is when Isolder really starts to kind of rationalize what's happening, because he's like, I don't feel like walking. Why don't we just make these lizard things carry us the rest of the way? Oh, yeah, because they get to like a little watering hole, and all of the lizard people stop, because they're like, oh, good. This is what we wanted, water and vegetation. Yeah, we found where we're supposed to be, so thank you very much, and you guys have a great day. But Isolder's like, but you can command these things, right? Just make them take us farther. Just tell them to keep going. Yeah, and Luke's like, dude, I don't command anything, bro. No, that's not what I do. I I ask them for- I didn't command you to come with me. Exactly. I don't command R2. Yeah. He's like, I don't issue commands, and I'm not a leader of men. I'm just a guy who's on his way to do a thing. And uh, Isolder, this is the point where Isolder, like- loses his shit entirely he's like wait a minute you're nice to these lizards you're too nice to lizards he says that's definitely something we at the hape in hapes do not support well yeah because he's like wait a minute you're giving the exact same amount of like respect and autonomy to a lizard and a droid that you give to like taachume yeah let's just say my mom for example the queen of all hapies. Yeah, and you are just as cordial with them as you are with, like, my mom. Yeah. This is weird. Yeah, you have to show way more fealty to my mom. Do you not know hape law? <laughs> ah. Yeah, every episode. Uh, yeah. And I, <laughs> I'm i just like, yeah, uh, okay. I, I don't know why you're so angry about this, but uh, Luke is just like, yeah, man. Uh, I, I get that your mom would be pissed at me. Because, uh, you know, despots generally don't like people who are all about equality. So, ha-ha, fuck you. Yeah, let's keep going. And, you know, Isolde is just kind of gobsmacked again. He's just like, what? This is changing everything. This changes it all. Oh, my God. I'm losing my shit. i got to write down equations on the windows. Yeah, like, this is pretty much how the chapter ends. And the end of the chapter is just a soldier being like, what the fuck? Yeah, he literally is like, if this Jedi is right, it changes everything. Wait a minute. You're saying I can be nice to people? <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. Now, this is sort of cool because this whole chapter has been done from Isolder's point of view. Like John was saying way earlier, uh, Isolder's the one who kind of is describing his powers and trying to guess at Luke's motives and so on. The beginning of chapter 14 is... More of the same stuff from Luke's point of view, so we can be reminded once again as readers that Luke is just some dirty farm boy from Idiot Town. Oh, yeah. Like, all of chapter 13 is just Isolder being like, this is a wise old space hermit. He is a wizard with much wisdom to share with me. And then you get to chapter 14 and Luke's like, wee, I'm a fun dude. Yeah, I'm having a good time. We're being reminded that Luke at this point is about 27. Yeah. Luke's just like, oh, boy, this is great. Ah, this is Solder Guy. He's neat. 
It's, I've been looking for someone to train, and this guy's just some chump idiot. I totally do it on him. I love this that he's like, I love this he's older dude because he can't do force shit, so I can train him, and it doesn't matter if I do it wrong or not. Yeah, like this guy's not going to turn into Vader if I train him like an idiot. He doesn't have any power. It's great. He's the training wheels apprentice. Yeah, he's like, oh, finally, the force has brought me a dude to train that won't fuck everything up. I can't make him into a Vader. It's so good. Everything's great. He could, at worst, he could become a Grievous. <laughs> General Solo. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's General Obi-Wan. Uh, yes. General Kenobi. Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think of what Grievous says to yeah, people. Uh, yeah, he's, he basically says, like, I like killing Jedi and stuff that's, like that. That's his famous line. I like killing Jedi, he Hi, says. I'm General Grievous, and I like killing Jedi. <laughs> that's, his, that's his thing. You don't know this yet, but I've got four arms. You don't know this, but I've got so many lightsabers. Hi there, I'm General Grievous, way cooler in the Jendi Tartakovsky micro-cartoon. <laughs> Seriously, if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. It actually makes you like General Grievous. We're right up to the end where uh, Mace Windu crushes his crushes his uh, heart, so he becomes all coffee and shitty like he is in the movies. Yep. <laughs> hey, man, why don't you be shitty? Yeah, I love that. Remember how in the movies he's basically just like an asthmatic old piece of shit? Well, before, before that happened, he was a badass who killed a bunch of Jedi in a cool cartoon series. There you go. So, there you go. Uh, all right. Anyway, Luke's just being like, yes, perfect. A, a, a Padawan that's pointless. I love this. Yeah. Hey, look, a cool wreck. Let's go look at that. I love everything because, you know, he's jumping around and doing stuff and he's like, yeah, I'm a cool Jedi. I can use Jedi powers. And then he sees a giant wreck like in a tar pit. He's like, fuck, yes, it's I got to go check that shit out. He he has the same personality in this as like. A little kid that found a cool frog. Mm-hmm. Like, that is pretty much him. <laughs> that's, I think that's a personality that we're all familiar with. A little kid who recently found a cool frog. Yeah. He's just like, oh, dude. Dude, look at this. Look yeah. at this cool frog. I mean, there's a reason he's excited. Because the moment he sees the, the cool spaceship in the in the tar pit. And let's be clear here. This isn't a small spaceship in a tar pit. This, oh, this is gigantic. This is four Star Destroyers long. It's, it's, it's about two kilometers. Yeah. So it's four. I think that's Victory Class Star Destroyers long. Yeah, I think he even says, like, this is about the same size as a Victory Class. Which is wrong, but sure, why not? Eh. Uh, okay. So <laughs> he... He sees a giant spaceship in a tar pit, which is amazing to see something that's two kilometers long and be like, oh, that that's like 30 feet away. This sure is misty. But uh, on one of the tail surfaces, he can read a word. And wouldn't you know it, that word is... Ch- Rosebud. It's Rosebud. This was the sled of William Randolph Hearst <laughs> or whatever the character was named in the in the movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kane? Yeah, Kane. Yeah. You know, whatever that citizen's name was. <laughs> Some citizen. I don't know. <laughs> Was that his first name? Or did, wait, wasn't it just the Yeah, owned? his name was Citizen Kane. Citizen W. Kane. Citizen, comma, Kane W. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, it says Chunthor. Yeah, it's that Chunthor. And if you remember, uh, Yoda had some things to say about the Chunthor. Way back when we were still on the planet Tula and hanging around with Whiphids. Yeah, when we were hanging around that town on the corner. <laughs> yes, let's let's definitely reference Old Counting Crow songs. <laughs> Let's do that for the rest of this review. <laughs> John, who's Mr. Jones? Who is Mr. Jones? Let's pick this apart. Is he related to Mr. Wendell? Is, yeah. Are Mr. Jones from Mr. Jones and Me and Mr. Wendell from I Mr. Mr. Wendell? Just called Mr. Wendell. Are they just two cool homeless dudes? Are they just two dudes who hang out? Yeah. And then like the guy from Counting Crows shows up and both of them are like, ugh, oh, this guy. This guy. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Hold on. 
I'm going to go show him some Spanish dances real quick. I'll be uh, right back. Yeah, when he gets back, I'll hit him up for $2, which <laughs> may not be like a whole lot to him. But, you know, it means a big deal to me. <laughs> Mr. Wendell, that is. Uh, what do you think he was doing in particular, the Counting Crows guy, that made him feel so symbolic yesterday? I don't know. <laughs> fucking song is so bad. Ugh. Anyway, I'm sorry. We find the Ch'unthor, which Yoda was saying, we tried to recover the Ch'unthor from Dathomir, but we were repulsed by the Force Witches. Ah, these Force Witches repulsed us. That was my best Yoda impression. Yeah, that's a real good one you got there. Tried to recover Ch'unthor from Dathomir. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's better than when you were just doing it in your voice. Repulsed by Force Witches we were. Oh, it was balls. (laughs) Balls it was. (laughs) Eat a pepperoni stick, I will. (laughs) Uh, Get in fight with trash can. (laughs) Did Yoda just become a raccoon? (laughs) He's pretty much a raccoon in Empire, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Food food of yours I want. We'll dig around in your trash can until I find it. Mm, mm, Must wash it, I do. (laughs) Cotton candy I have found. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> You're turning him into Scooby. <laughs> Ruh-roh. <laughs> I washed this garden candy. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we've found the titular Ch'unthor, and it turned out it isn't a person or a place. It's a starship. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> so in the 20 <laughs> questions, he didn't ask if it was a thing. He forgot to ask if it was a thing and if it had a mustache. Huh. Okay, so... The Ch'unthor is, is very slowly sinking into this random tar pit. I mean, it's taking forever to well, do so. It has been here for a long goddamn time. Yes, and there's a quick bit of discussion about whether or not they should go bother to take a look at it. But obviously, since Luke wants to, they're gonna. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Luke is like, dude, I'm I'm going to go over there. Obviously, I need to check this out. And Isolde's like, but, uh... Why? We, we, we're here to go rescue people? What? Why are you going to go look at this? And he's like, because it's cool. Because it's a cool wreck. <laughs> Come on. Haven't you seen Stand By Me? If you find a cool dead thing, you go and you claim it for your team. Come on, dude. <laughs> and the soldier just turns into a petulant little fuck, and he's like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go look at a cool spaceship. Like, fucking Luke just gets onto a little raft, and he's like, who's coming with me to the wreck? And his soldier goes, no, I'm just going to stay here. And R2 doesn't want to go, but looks at him and is like, you're a bitch, and then gets on the raft. <laughs> so it's the second line that R2 gets at all, and it's just to be like, Isolder, you are a little punk bitch. Good day. <laughs> Otherwise, R2 is just sitting there being like, boopity beepity? No. Oh, uh, beepity beepity? No. Beepity boopity? Yes. All right, words with friends. Bebo B. Bebobo BB. Bobby. That's the thing about words with friends is that it's impossible to do the whole challenge step. You could just sit there trying shit until you spell a word like quidgybo. Well, you know, that or you just cheat and you bring up a Scrabble dictionary while you're playing. <laughs> there's an there's a uh, internet rearrangement servant that is my personal favorite way to cheat at shit like words with friends, which is just a anagram generator. Yeah, you just go to an anagram generator, turn, plug what you have in. Turn it into candidate ward list and you're off to the races. Yeah, or if you really want to get into it, you find a program that is an actual Scrabble board. You put the words that are in there and your letters, and it tells you what the optimal play is. Ugh, man, I can't you're just like, hey, let me let a computer play for me. The words with friends is fun. How fun! <laughs> words with it's words with friends, and by that I mean these two computers that we are using are friends. Will they find love? <laughs> no. <laughs> Make us kiss. Make us spell the word kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I have spelled now kiss. 
<laughs> That's two words. Challenge. <laughs> Our love is dead. <laughs> you have challenged my love, and it is found wanting. <laughs> okay. So the Chonthor turns out to have crashed somewhere here or, or on Dathomir, uh, almost completely intact. And not even really crashed so much as just landed and is stuck now. Yeah, because when Luke gets there, he's like, all right, this is a rotted out hull, like... The metal is all fucked up. The plasteel has been eroded. To be fair, no one's managed to get into the ship yet. Like, when you look through the windows, because I guess the thing's covered in transparent domes that are, like, where people sit down. Yeah, the plasteel. Yeah, but they're huge. It's like, there's a food court one. Oh, yeah. There's an entire gym in there. Yeah. It's basically like they found that uh, ship from WALL-E got crashed on Death of Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's So a lot of really nice spots to hang around and look at space pass by, these huge plasteel bubbles. Yeah. Uh, And he looks in and he can even see like uneaten meals still sitting there moldering away on tables and stuff. So Which is is weird because if it's been so long that the actual metal of this ship has begun to rot away, you'd think the food would be long done. Well, notably, no one's managed to get in yet, because that's the next thing he establishes. He goes to, like where the doors are, and he sees huge club marks and scrapes and stuff, as if someone's been trying to beat their way into the ship, and there's even like painted arrows indicating weak seams and so on, but no one's managed to get in here yet. Well, it's all been basically welded shut. Yes. So when this crashed, they apparently just welded everything shut, and were like, fuck it. Yeah, they just they either welded everyone out or welded everyone in. Uh, because, I mean, he looks, and there are doors inside there where he's like, all right, here's a big, like, gym, and there's a door at the end of it, and that door is welded shut. It's not just you can't get into the ship. It's you can't get into, like, past the beginning of the ship either. Yeah, it's very complex. Whatever happened here, he also doesn't detect any life signs, so there aren't people just living in the ship still and hiding in there. Well, I mean, unless everyone is a Jedi and they're all currently doing that I'm dead trick. That's true. They could all be doing the I'm dead trick, where they immediately lower their body temperature to fool people into thinking that the <laughs> the Jedi died and froze immediately. Oh, that Jedi just immediately turned cold. That's weird. That's real weird. I guess he knows way more about Jedi powers than he does about how bodies decompose. Ah. Uh. All right, so or, or I guess about heat retention. Yeah. So, okay, he can tell that some sort of huge monster has been trying to beat its way into the ship and at the direction of smarter people, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, eventually, though, he, he realizes he himself is going to have a really hard time getting in there, too. So <laughs> he pulls his lightsaber to try and cut his way into the ship. But uh, the big surprise here is when he looks in the ship and sees one of the rooms has a bunch of stuff to make lightsabers. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Why, the Cha'unthor wasn't just a, a random ship, it was for Jedis! It's a bunch of stuff to make lightsabers. So, let's see, based on what we know personally about lightsaber making, based on Shadows of the Empire, that means there's rocks and an easy-bake oven in one of the rooms. Oh, yeah, in one of the rooms, it's just a line of easy-bake ovens. Mm-hmm. Some of them still turned on. Some of them still on fire to this day. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's trying to cut his way into the ship because he goes, oh my god! The Chunthor was the the Jedi Academy I've spent my life looking for. No wonder I couldn't find it on some planet. It was in space. That's where we kept it all this time. The one place that was safe from capitalism. This is spice. <laughs> it's also the point where he got where he thinks to himself, "I know full well that Ta Chume was lying to me, and there's no Jedi Academy anywhere in fucking Hapies." <laughs> that jerk Ta Chume. No one likes Ta Chume. Oh, she's the worst. Sexy though. Oh, yeah. Total milf, but still the worst. So, okay. At this point, right as he pulls his lightsaber to try and cut his way into the ship, he is attacked. Oh, no! 
by a sexy lady. And a club swings out of nowhere. It just bonks him real good. He he gets some Jedi sense it's about to happen. His spidey sense was tingling. Yep. Uh, but even as he raises his lightsaber to block, a club smacks him in the robo hand and busts his robo hand up real good. Yep. But uh, his uh, lightsaber goes flying, but of course he has a Jedi, so he just like... Whoop, he just gets pulls it back, it, pulls it into his other hand, and at this point, the person who was attacking him backs off a little because she's amazed by what she just saw. She's like, "The shit did you just do? So you're a dude and you've got magic." So what? Who's attacking him is a short-haired woman with gray and orange eyes who couldn't be more than eighteen and is probably less than eighteen. If you eighteen get my, to twenty, she's somewhere in the eighteen to twenty range. Yeah, she is definitely of legal age. Uh, thank goodness. <laughs> at least, at least there's that. Oh yeah, the book is definitely like, oh man, why she's barely eighteen, definitely not more than twenty, but totally legal. She is barely legal, one she, might say. She, she's attacked by a barely legal lady, and then she says, "Oops, my boobs," and then she Oops. just. She just goes, girls gone wild all and over. She just him. runs away, and in the distance, you can hear her call, "Spring break!" <laughs> so, so she comes swinging at him until he de- uh, develops some Jedi powers. Oh, and she's wearing like you know a reptile skin loincloth tunic that's that's revealing very much and leaving little to the imagination. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, but when she sees him use power, she backs off, and she's like, "Wait, a man, a lowly man, can command the a magic?" Man. <laughs> And then her giant lips go flying towards him. I mean, almost. <laughs> almost. That almost happens. Damn. So he's like, yeah, I, I am friends with the Force, and the Force is my ally. I can I can control it. Yeah. And, and she's like, I have heard tell of your kind. The the men sorcerers from beyond the stars are known as the Jai. The Jai? We, we took the D out. Mm-hmm. We just left. Yeah, we don't want the D anymore. Just Jai. <laughs> just Jai. No. No D, thank you. Uh, yeah, we on Dathomir. No D. <laughs> That's why we call it Athomir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she's like, "Are you a Jai?" And he's like, "Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm certainly a sorcerer." Well, they say that since the Jai battles death, the Jai cannot know death, and they live forever and are invulnerable. They they battle for life, and so life is their ally. Is that you? And he's like. Uh, I don't think so. I, 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 she's like, no? I don't know, maybe. Nah, <laughs> basically the same thing to, hey man, can you uh travel through hyperspace using the force? I don't know, probably. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like something I could do. What do you think, R2? Beep, boop. <laughs> uh, beep. <laughs> looks back down again. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the same thing's like, oh, are you this Jai? And he's like, I don't know, maybe. Uh, and then, <laughs> this is the part that grosses me out, because she starts chanting. She's saying, like, Wetha, Ara, Quetha, away over and over again. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, what are you doing? And then he looks at her, and he's like, I have never seen such a look of unbridled lust in someone's eyes. Yeah, he he goes and does the same thing that he basically did to Isolder, which he's like, all right, I'm going to root around in your brain and see what's going on up in there. Mm-hmm. And all he gets is, oh, she wants to, like, go into one of the tents where a dude is and get down. So here's the thing. It takes him about this long to realize that they've basically just walked into a village. Because there's like a whole bunch. There's like huts and shit. Or either that or he's no, seen that's that the in memory. Okay, yeah. So there's like kids playing and stuff. And he sees he sees a vision of a hut in her mind. And then he's like, wait, she just wants to fuck me in a hut. Hold on. She wants to fuck me real bad. I'm like, the thing is, she's not lustful for him. She doesn't find him especially attractive. No, she's not like, ooh, that man's what I want. She's like, I need a dude. I, I need a dude, and specifically one who is invincible and I can have his seed and grow super babies. So she's not lustful. She's just ultra pragmatic. Yeah. 
And but his in his eyes, he's like, I see the fury of unbridled lust burning burning in her eyes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Great. Yeah. Lust. Lust for crumpets. Yeah, yes, but also lust for adventure. <laughs> uh, and so she starts flinging force shit at him. It's in, and she is quite good at this. Oh yeah, her her little chant thing uh, basically lets her throw a fucking avalanche at him, like mm-hmm. just shit tons of rocks and debris and logs and shit, just go flying at him. And he dodges it for a while, but eventually he can't. Well, and yeah, plus, because, she's part of it. he went into her mind, he's all discombobulated because mm-hmm. he's like, oh, she wants to bone down, and now I'm all distracted by that. Yeah. I'm trying to dodge these rocks, but also, like, not show that I have a boner. Uh, this is the little part where his weird sex problems comes, the, the author's weird sex views comes to light, where he's like, well, I can't focus now because this 18-year-old's, like, down to get around. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just spent the entire last chapter and most of this chapter talking about how I'm a super awesome fucking Jedi that can do anything, but the second any lady's like, hey, sex, he's like, my powers! <laughs> what is he, a Tex Avery creation? What is this? Oh, yeah. He he just loses all ability to do anything. He's like, oh, I managed to cut a couple rocks in half, but then I got smacked by a fucking log. Well, yeah, and then she runs up and bonks him with a club and grabs him by the hair and drags him to a cave. Yeah. Almost exactly. Straight up straddles him and is like, you are my slave now. Yeah, and she also gives us her name. She is Tenennial Dio, the daughter of Alia. I am Dio, and I rock. <laughs> I am Tenennial Dio, and I will throw a steamroller at you. I am Tenennial Dio, and you are JoJo, and now we fight. <laughs> that was the same joke, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so she, he is click, claimed. Click, 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 click. <laughs> he's claimed as a slave by Tenennial Dio, daughter of Alia. Daughter of Alia? Yeah, daughter of all y'all. All you nuts. <laughs> <laughs> daughter of Ligma. <laughs> Who's. What's a daughter? <laughs> Ligma balls. All right, so that's that's the end of chapter thirteen, which is a, a problem because we're almost we're really going long today because there's a lot of chapter fourteen to talk about. Well, no, that that part was all in fourteen. Oh, was it okay? Yeah, so it's, the the wreck is the first right. part of Thank fourteen. You. Yeah, so fourteen ends with a, a whole section from Han's point of view, and you know what? It's not that bad because when you take all of Han's power away in this book, he's just some dummy who's getting forced into doing shit by women on rancors. Yeah, like the entire thing is. Rancor women eventually get Han and Leia and Chewie into the village. Wild avocado Rancor women of the moon. And uh, they take Leia off and they're like, we're going to go talk. Uh, Chewbacca gets is injured, he's so they quite take injured. him somewhere. Yeah. They're like, eh, we'll take care of him. Yeah, he's either injured or he's faking it because he's really having a hard time winning against R2. Oh, yeah, he's just sitting there like, oh, oh, it's so much pain. I, I couldn't possibly walk. If you could just carry me and, oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, I don't think I can come in today. <laughs> oh, ooh, real, it's, b- real bad. It's gut stuff. You don't want to ask any questions. Oh, I've been, I've been pooping weird colors. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, uh, yep, can't come in. Hey, where can I plug this in? <laughs> you, you guys, uh, you guys got a charger in there? Lightning cable? Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> So Han is instead escorted along by a couple of people who clearly don't speak any basic, and 3PO gets to go with him. Han yeah. is, and, and it's it's a fun, actually, this is a really great spot to talk about the description of where they go. They go to a village that's populated by a bunch of badass warrior women, and also some dudes, but the dudes are all like well, yeah, the cause, slaves. Because the dudes are all just, from the perspective of Han, they're all just sitting around looking at puddles. <laughs> so 
But the rest of the city sounds awesome. It's like a cool fortress with a bunch of terraces and Rancor guards everywhere. And the whole thing has clearly been pretty beat up. Like, laser burns are everywhere, too. Oh, yeah. So they're, they've got their own, like, blaster cannons that they've clearly scavenged from shit. Yeah. So they're at war. And, and everyone's very tense and watching the skies and so on. But weirdly, no one's being especially mean to him yet. They're just kind of making him go into an yeah. area. He's just walking along and they're like, ugh, move. Yeah. Ugh. And you can there's farms and there's interesting orchards and and, and, uh, and all, it's, it's a really cool description of, of a primitive city. Yeah. They're, uh, it, they're up in the cool mountains. Yes. The singing mountains. And uh, he gets shoved towards a bunch of old dudes who are, as John mentioned, all sitting cross-legged on the ground looking at puddles. And then the, this is when the Wafa part starts. Oh, yeah. The lady on the back of the rancor just like shoves him and is like, Wuffa, Wuffa, hey, 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 you, Wuffa, Wuffa. And he's like, you want me to, what the fuck is a Wuffa? You want me to stare at that? Wuffa balls. (laughs) Wuff my balls. (laughs) Hey, hey, Sugba. (laughs) What's a Wuffa? (laughs) So Han gets the idea that, he asks 3PO first, like, what the hell are they saying? And 3PO's like, I don't speak this language. It sounds like they're speaking ancient Piacean, but a lot of it's different, so I have no idea what a Wuffa is. Yeah, I speak so much goddamn language, and, and no, I have no idea. And Han's like, oh, the Piaceans. Well, they went out of fashion like 3,000 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, they they went out of fashion. Uh-huh. No one's caught dead wearing Piacean anymore. Huh? But he gets the impression that this lady wants her, wants Han to go look at some other old dude's Wuffa puddle. Yeah, they're just like, all right, I guess you want me to stare into a puddle. Sure. He walks over to where the guys are, and some dude is like, yo, Wuffa. Hey, Wuffa. Wuffa, hey, stupid. Wuffa, Wuffa, you dumb motherfuck. It and turns- like, hands him a little trowel and a bucket full of liquor. It's like, Wuffa, you dumb asshole. Wuffa. And, and Han eventually manages to figure out that they want him to dig a little hole and fill it with this liquor and look at it. Yeah, he's like, you know what? Fine, fuck what? it. You want me to go on like a weird vision quest into staring into a puddle? Fuck it. Great. I'm into it. Yeah, until I can kidnap one of you and force you to marry me, I'll go along with your dumb plan. Yeah. Remember, I'm an asshole. Don't let. Don't forget that. Do not forget this. Yeah. <laughs> so he digs a little trench, he pours a little puddle, and he waffles, which is to look in this puddle for a while. And then, wouldn't you know it, it works, because a worm shows up. Yeah, Han is... The only one who gets a good Wuffa puddle going. Which is good because it takes a village to Wuffa properly, apparently. <laughs> and uh, this worm starts, like, a little hole opens up and starts drinking the liquor. Mm-hmm. And it it moves out a little bit. And he's like, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm supposed to get this worm. And then they feed it an apple and a lemon cookie. <laughs> yeah. Where's my lemon cookie? <laughs> but... He's like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna chill for a bit. I'm gonna let this worm come out a little more. And it like goes over to his bucket and starts drinking from the bucket. And then he's like, Yeah, I got you, motherfucker. He grabs it. I got it. you now. And then it goes, No, they's taking my bucket. <laughs> and it turns out that the Wuffa is a worm, the Wuffa worm, and it is gigantic. It is two hundred and fifty meters long. So Han spends basically the entire day just slowly pulling the rest of this worm out of the ground. Yes, and eventually he looks behind him and realizes that the entire village is now part of it. Yeah, like all of the dudes that were here and looking at puddles. Plus a bunch of kids and ladies. Are just grabbing part of this fucking worm because it is ridiculously huge. Mm -hmm. And eventually he's like, all right. And the whole reason he's doing this is like, okay, if they would have... If they, if they kill weird visitors, foreigners on this planet, but I caught a waffle worm, 
Maybe they'll spare me. Maybe I'll become Han Solo, Huffa Catcher. That'll I I'll be some great high exalted dude, and then they'll give me some ladies <laughs> to kidnap. Oh, you know how much I love kidnapping ladies because in this book I'm Han Solo, registered asshole. <laughs> hey kid, your dad around? I gotta tell him I'm an asshole. I'm new in the neighborhood. So eventually they pull the entire worm up and they have to go take the worm somewhere. They take it to an orchard. And he sees what they do with them, which is just sort of drying them out for the leather. And then he looks over and, he's, <clears throat> and he sees the saddles and they're like of lined course, with yeah. Wuffa wor- worm leather. And he's like, oh, good. I I caught a 250 meter rope. Yeah. Good he's for like, me. I caught a rope. I'm Han Solo rope catcher. Great. Well, I'm part of the team now, I guess. Well, I guess I'm on team Wuffa. Yeah. So he caught a Wuffa. And it's been hours at this point is the thing we really need to press here. It's been like seven hours since he caught this Wuffa. Yeah. I mean, this is like when you go uh, fishing like out th- in like the ocean and you're trying to catch a marlin. You're like, oh, this is going to take you hours. Yes. This will be exhausting. So he spent all day catching a Wuffa. And at a certain point, he's like, hey, wait a minute. Whatever happened to Leia and Chewie? And Chewie, we don't know. No. Chewie's no. just somewhere. He's in the break room. Chewie's fucked off. <laughs> He's in Chewy's, the green room Chewy right now. isn't even wearing the Chewy mask anymore. It's just Jonas Suotomu. Just sitting Peter down in the green room. Yeah. Like, uh. eh. Little kid sees him with a mask off, screams. Oh, he's yeah. like, eh, get over it. Yeah, whatever. I'm smoking. <laughs> Union break. <laughs> so, uh, but Leia, as it turns out, has been uh, negotiating with these people the whole time. And so a woman on a rancor is sent to retrieve Han. He's like, hey, uh... Come with me. Your fucking lady managed to save your dumbass life. I love this part because the lady shows up on a rancor hide uh, on a rancor and basically pokes him with a pike and is like, "Follow me." And he's like, "Where are we going?" And she's instead of saying "Shut up, slave" or anything, she goes, "Oh, uh, the woman you brought with you is negotiating for your life and has won your freedom. But now we're going to determine what your future is going to be. So uh, come with me and we're going to negotiate about that because we're actually pretty cool people. Yeah, it's we're, not just we're not huge assholes. It's not just shut up, you. <laughs> Which I was completely ready for. Oh, 100%. I thought Han was going to get himself fucked up again because they'd be like, follow me. Uh, oh, why? I prefer to follow you because I hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave. And then they just fucking shoot him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, I get it. You're the worst. Okay. okay all right. Yeah, yeah. We're going to kill you and then go let the lady that we brought with us know that you're dead and she's safe. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go <laughs> let her know that it's okay. You can't hurt her anymore. Yeah. So she explains what's going on to Han and leads him towards their kind of temple space. And while he's walking there, he sees the what must be a woman from the, the community. Some old lady comes out on a high terrace and does some basic chanting and stuff and then summons from the ground a crystal ball. And we're talking by the, from the ground, I mean like 200 feet into the air. Yeah. So up to this cliff is a crystal ball. But wait a minute. That's no crystal ball. It's water. And he's like, well, that can't be a natural feature because water doesn't usually float up without falling apart first. Also, I've never seen any Jedi tricks. (laughs) It's me, Han Solo, the guy who doesn't know a Jedi. (laughs) I'm not famously aware of a Jedi. That's me. (laughs) So so he still he never quite puts this together. I'm willing to bet that he sees it happen. And he's like, huh, that looks like Jedi sorcery, but it's a dame. (laughs) Uh, Broads can't do Jedi trickery. They got regular sex trickery. (laughs) I'm going to have to kidnap her and figure this out. (laughs) So while he is going up to this temple where Leia has been arguing for their freedom, he sees a delegation show up Mm -hmm. and they're dressed not like these people. They're in like dark robes and they have 
like purple skin and no. But the people that we've been seeing the whole time instead are dressed in cool lizard hide tunics with really elaborate antler masks. Oh yeah, I mean these are definitely your. We found like some Beastmaster lady tribes, mm-hmm. whereas, I mean, what we see the delegation from is obviously the Night Witches. Yeah, they're they're all dressed and look like emperors. It's yeah. a, it's a whole bunch of emperor groupies. And the lead one is, has a broken spear, so he's like, oh, I guess that means they come in peace. Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah, okay, sure that 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 all tracks to me. I'm a big dumb idiot, but I'm I'm smart in that one regard. <laughs> the lead one's just like, hey, idiot, where's your ship? Oh, it's right over there. <laughs> I love that. This is so straightforward. Oh, hey, yeah. Uh, it's right over. And then the person who was leading him on the Rancor just like jumps down and is like, will you shut the fuck up? You quit Jedi mind tricking this asshole. <laughs> literally He's what... so dumb. Yeah. So this lady is, the bad guy here is Baritha. Uh, so Baritha is like, hey, tell me where your ship is. And he's like, okay. And then Demaya, who's the guard who's escorting him, is like, no, don't. You're being mind tricked right now. You and... dumb fuck. And he's like, I could be getting mind tricked by no chickadee. Oh, in his mind, he's like, oh, yeah, that's that thing that uh, Luke used to get weak-minded people to do his bidding. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no broad can do that to me. I'm Han Solo. I ain't weak-minded. I'm strong-minded. I'm a kidnap you good. Ugh. And uh, Baritha's just amused. Is like, <laughs> eh, whatever. Stupid shit. You dumb fuck. Get out of here. All and right. like slaps him on the ass with the force. Well, she does. She she uses the force to feel him up. Yeah. She's like, oh, I haven't encountered a dick in a while. Might as well get a grab in there. Like <laughs> taps his junk with the end of a spear. And is like, hey, what's going on down there? <laughs> he's like, whoa, what the fuck? What is this now? I uh, love what happens with him in this chapter. Yeah. It's like, what do you do? Uh, you catch a worm, and then ladies fuck with you for the rest of the chapter. Like, I, I'm not going to say that this makes up for his dumb actions in the first two chapters, because that's kind of a betrayal of Han Solo as a character, yes. but it is cathartic to watch him just get towed around as a slave by all these women right away. Oh, like, yeah. Like, immediately, they're just like, hey, hey, dumb shit, you, you're, you're basically a dog to us. You, sit there, look at the puddle until you get a worm. <laughs> So here, I got to feel up your haunches. <laughs> Let me check you for dew claws. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then, you know, Han Solo eventually gets taken away and Baritha's just like, hey, you can't blame me for trying. Look at that piece of ass. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. Thank you. <laughs> and Demaya even threatens to shoot her. Oh, yeah. Demaya's like, do not make me fucking shoot you. Jesus Christ, leave this guy alone. <laughs> Go ahead and shoot me. I don't care. <laughs> Which is great, because like I was saying, these are basically emperor groupies. And they're like, yes, shoot me. Unve- unleash your hate. <laughs> oh, God, you're the worst. <laughs> hey, invite Han Solo back to our hot tub later. <laughs> they're it's all a-, a bunch of party emperors. A bunch of old lady emperors. This is the best. Yeah, they're- these are the old ladies that go to the... Uh, strip club and just scream and molest the dancers. Hey, we're going to talk about the divine secrets of the Emperor's sisterhood. Eh, <laughs> then we're going to go see Thunder from down under and I'm going to grab the dude's dick. <laughs> I have no shame. I'm so old I don't care anymore. When they complain, I'm just going to tell them it's my birthday. Eh, here's five dollars. Now let me feel the goods. <laughs> Oh, so many lady emperors. This is the good. This is the happiest day of my life. Just an entire group of lady emperors. Uh-huh. 
So eventually, the the stalemate of this lady just wanting to take Han right now is over, and everyone is trooped into the big building. Yeah, where a a uh, new woman named Ogwin comes out, and Ogwin is the leader of the of the Singing Mountain Clan, which is all these Waffle Oven ladies that we've these Waffle Up a Dub Dubs. Yeah, that we've learned to love. Uh, and she's like, "Hey, so we're set this guy free," and. Baritha, the bad uh, emperor groupie, is like, no, we claim him. No, he's mine. We cla- dibs. I called dibs. We caught him. And Ogwin's like, no, you didn't. He was captured by imperial tro- uh, soldiers, and, and we took him from them. And Baritha says, no. Oh, well, well, there are soldiers, you idiot. There are dumb slaves. We catch any imperials and mind control them when they get to the planet. So it's like you took him away from our pets. <laughs> well... It doesn't count. You didn't have them. Someone else did. Fuck you. That's against the rules. Rules that you don't respect anyway. And it goes on like that for a while. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, actually, uh, he first before that saved the life of one of our sisters. And so he he belongs to our clan. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? And who the fuck was that? Well, obviously, it's Leia in, in... A, a great, great new tribal outfit. So, oh yeah, it's now it's Leia in her like Lizard leather tunic. Bikini, bikini. Yeah. So she gets troped out there in a leather bathing suit, made a reptile hide with a nice veil on, and she's introduced as what Tandor or something like that. Yeah, Tandori. Tandori. She's introduced yeah, she's, as Tandori Chicken. Uh huh. This is our Tandori Chicken. Uh huh. And Han saved it. She's from the Northern Tribe, and you can use the spell of determining the truth if you want. Oh yeah, she's from that Lake Tribe. Mm-hmm. You know that it's true. She's an adopted sister. And Baritha's like, ah, fuck this anyway. All right, fuck you. I'm just taking him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she reaches out to just get him. <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking sick of this. I'm just taking ah, him. Ah, fuck you. I, you, come with me. <laughs> uh, everyone threatens to stop her. Like, uh, everyone pulls guns. They shoot at her, but she just deflects it into the ceiling. And then she just uses the local equivalent of a cell phone, which is yelling really loud. She's like, hey! Geth Zerion, she Must yells. be the money! <laughs> She yells to the leader of these night sister people, Geth Zerion. Yo, Geth Zerion, these bitches is fucking our shit up. What do you want us to do? They have dudes in a starship, but they won't let us have them. Uh, my favorite part is when he's like, when the, we didn't talk about this real briefly here, but when they're like, what are you even doing on this planet? And Han's response is the dumbest shit thing in the world. He I just goes, own this planet. Well, I own this planet, and I want you skinny dames off it. You, you are trespassing on my planet, you this see? Ain't, this ain't no place for oldie olds. I want only sexy young chicks in leather bikinis like these broads. <laughs> And they're like, you dumb shit, you can't own the planet, men can't own things. And then he shows the deed, and they just like, smack it, slap it out of his hand, they're like, fuck you! Fuck you, stupid. And he's like, well, I want you off my planet. Fine, give us a ship and we'll go. How have you not figured out yet that the only thing we want is your starship? Come on, you dumb fuck. (laughs) I I wish that at this point, the bad guy and the good guy could have had just a a friendliest, politest side conversation about how dumb he is. (laughs) That would have been great. Just like Ogwin and Barith are like, can you... um believe this motherfucker let's just let's just shut him up for the whole thing and you and i can have the argument because we're keeping him oh no we're gonna take him and he's over there like you skinny dames ain't no nothing from nothing yeah no okay okay hold someone gag that guy god just put a cheeseburger in front of him i guarantee it'll work Ooh, cheeseburger (laughs) he hasn't figured out yet that they're made of waffa (laughs) man this cheeseburger is 25 meters long (laughs) 250 meter cheeseburger only at burger king I got a segment of Wuffa. Some made of worm. <laughs> Some worm included. <laughs> Join the Burger King Kids Club. You can get a free worm on your birthday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can I get that big Wuffa meal? So Gethzerion basically mentally communicates to Baritha what she should do. 
yeah. which I, I guess is jump out the window. Is fuck off, and then they'll get them later. Yeah, exactly. So all the night sisters are like, yeah, we're leaving. Yeah. Man, we're going to jump out the window. Hang man. out later. Come out later if you want to hang out and play some DDR. Uh, come on. We've got the... We've got a cool jacuzzi if you want to come by. No need for trunks, eh? <laughs> we just like to let them all float loose. Yeah, come on, Han. Come on into the pool. <laughs> the water's warm. <sighs> I may have passed my time, but I'm still fired up. We've got bottles of white zin, and we're ready to go. We have that fancy apricot liqueur and shit like that that only old ladies drink. <laughs> <laughs> We've got some Moscato. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and so they jump out the window, but as, they, as they're jumping, Baritha stops and floats in the air for a second, and she's like, we will have blood. And then they just land on the ground 200 yards away, or and, down. And skitter off. Skitter off like insects. Good. And we get to see that Leia is now Princess Tandoori Chicken, the, the person who's managed to keep Han alive, and that's the end of that. Yep. And that's the chapters that these are really fun chapters because Han is no longer being allowed the autonomy to do horrible, dumb shit. And Leia isn't give, being given any lines. Well, it really is the best bits of this book are the bits that aren't about the courtship of Princess Leia. That's very true. The shit that's about Luke and Dathomir and the cool shit that's going on on this planet. And the fact that we've got a whole bunch of lady emperors. Yeah, because that's that, great. That is the best. I mean, we're halfway through this book and it just feels like the author is finally gotten to the part that he wanted to write anyway mm-hmm. he's like oh yeah dathomir was what i wanted to do the rest of this book is just because they told me i had to yeah so so there you go those are the that's the chapters what do you think's gonna happen next john uh well obviously there will be blood there will definitely be some blood Perhaps uh, i think i think they're gonna drink his milkshake <laughs> I'll tr- i drank your waffle liquor i drank it up <laughs> oh you shouldn't do that you're gonna go blind if you drink the waffle liquor yeah, that, that shit not- is like 180 proof that is not for human consumption <laughs> that is bad that's like rubbing alcohol <laughs> jesus <laughs> we use it to make the waffle stupid so we can catch them and they're 250 meters long <laughs> So anyway, that's chapters 13 and 14 of The Courtship of Princess Leia. Could this book pull itself out of the power dive that the first 13 or 12 chapters were? I don't know, man. Probably not. I mean, it's I mean, st- I mean it looks like the book is dead, but maybe it's not. <laughs> I don't think anything can forgive Han for those first couple of chapters. Oh, no. I mean, it really is just whatever happens in this book, you still get to look back at the first chapters and go, Oh, yeah, that's right. They completely assassinated everyone's character. Like, Luke is the only one who's getting out of this alive. Yeah, and Chewbacca, because he wisely dialed out early. Oh, yeah, Chewbacca and R2 are like, (laughs) nope, not having it. You're contractually obligated to be here. All right, I'll stand on set, but I'm not doing anything. Yeah, they're basically going to pen a strongly worded letter. They're basically the the, uh, Dave Bautista of this book. (laughs) No, pass. You fired James Gunn. I want no part of this. I'm good. (laughs) Bye. Maybe they shouldn't put Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and just say he was standing very still. (laughs) Just the very end, they're like, what happened to Drax? Oh, he's been standing real still. (laughs) It is as though I was invisible. Anyway, I quit. Anyway, I'm not going to be here because, you know, this is bullshit. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that's the chapter. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we will be making some bonus content immediately after this. Uh, we are going to be describing things from Wikipedia that are of interest to us. Blah. Yeah, we're going to go deep diving into that Wikipedia. We've got stories for each other. We do. We have things to tell. We I- have. Uh, we're faithful and friendly with stories to share. <laughs> <laughs> and our songs fill the air. I forget the other line. Laughing and caring. Their songs fill the air. Oh. Something like that. Uh, uh, all through the forest they sing out in chorus ah laughing along as their song fills the air 
Gummy yeah, bears. Gummy bears. Bouncing here and there and everywhere. It's going to be the whole song now, John. Yeah, we're doing the whole thing now. It's the whole song. Fuck you. There's three fucking verses, and we're going to do all of them. We're going to do even the ones that weren't in the show. Yeah, just the like third how, verse that wasn't part of the show. Yeah, just like how DuckTales has a whole second verse that wasn't in the show. Oh, yeah. Just like there's actually like four verses to It's a Small World. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, remember that that extra verse of DuckTales? It's like gold deduction never fails. That's for certain. <laughs> The worst of messes become successes. I'm in my head now. Ducktales, ooh-woo. Ooh-woo. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to find that bonus content and more stupid shit like us for trying to remember the second verse of the DuckTales song, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash systemmastery. The $2 level is what you're looking for. Usually about 4 bucks a month is the total. You're going to get charged for doing that. In exchange, you will get four episodes of Expounded Universe on average per month bonus content. You get weekly fucking content so much extra shit for about four bucks a month it is a really good deal of course we do strongly encourage you to do the new five dollar level to get that afterthought Ooh, yeah that monthly sweet hot afterthought returning it is coming back and it's going to be back in september which means this is going to be this is our last warning that if you sign up pretty much the day you hear this you might get the september content because of the weird way that afterthought or that patreon's pledges work yeah patreon does a weird thing where if you sign up after something has gone up then you might not get access to it until the next pay rotation. Site. just to just to make well it's, it makes sense for people who do like art and so on yeah if so you can't just be like i'll pledge five dollars i see down- your art download it and then stop pledging yeah. before i have to pay for it yeah so there's a lot of people trying to scam patreon all the time so it makes sense but we are warning you in advance that if you want a september yeah, you don't want to have to like wait a month to listen to it then exactly get in now yeah so there you go uh, so there's one, two, and five dollar levels that each unlock varying amounts of bonus content there on the Patreon. Feel free to stop by and support us, patreon.com slash systemmastery. Otherwise, you can find us at systemmasterypodcast.com or systemmastery on Facebook, Gmail, Twitter, or Reddit. Yeah, uh, join our Discord. Mm-hmm. If you are a five dollar member, we've got an entire afterthought locked for five dollar patrons. And that's where you can ask questions and, and really, anything you want to do in there. And really lord it over the plebs, because it's the $5 channel. Oh, yeah. They they can't get in there. It's mm-hmm. the exclusive $5 channel. Mm-hmm. And we promise we both read it. We may not say anything, but I promise that, that our eyes will see your content. Oh, yeah. You're going to have our eyes all over it. Don't post your dick, though. <laughs> Unless you want our eyes all over it. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a, in a week with more content. And until that time, I've been Elan Sleesbaganiano. Sleesbaganiano. It's me. I'm adding syllables to my name. It's me, Elan Sleesbagano. And I love Dave Sticks. From the old country. Oh, these death sticks from the old country. Mama. Mama.